In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good evening, Cleveland. I'm here with Anthony Lima. Anthony, last time I saw you was in the Muni lot. How are you, buddy? Yeah, you saw me sober in the Muni lot because I was working for uh, the local TV affiliate in Cleveland. So uh, that's probably the only time in my life I've ever been sober in the Muni lot, uh, a place where uh, Browns fans, uh, as they know, all around the country, all around the world, Browns backers, anytime they're in Cleveland, they've got to check out the Muni lot. Uh, and unfortunately, I don't get a chance to be there very often these days because we host our pregame show over Barley, which I know you got a taste of last weekend. Yeah, excellent. So um, first time on, on the show, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, how did you get into uh, TV? Yeah, Paul, I was calling sports talk radio shows when I was like 13 and 14 years old in Cleveland. So like my voice hadn't even changed yet. <laughs> and there's a, a local broadcast icon named Les Levine. And he gave me the nickname Sports Boy Tony. And that's what I would call in his show, even though he would hang up on me. Because he did, he did not allow any children to call the show. It was uh, kind of his rule, but it became a radio bit. He would, I'd have to have my mom call in just so that I could actually get on the phone past the call screener. And then I would ambush him on the air, and then he would hang up on me. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, it was just always uh, wanting to be in sports broadcasting. I mean, I went to... I went to Ohio State, and I went to grad school at Syracuse in uh, upstate New York, which has uh, one of the one of the best sports broadcasting programs in the country. Uh, from there, got some TV jobs, did radio on the side. Then I moved back to Cleveland for radio, and then ended up freelancing uh, on TV. So I've had a bunch of different gigs over the years. I've been doing this, man. I've been doing this since uh, 2006, so about 13 years. And I've been in the business doing television and radio. Excellent. And where can people find you on Twitter and stuff? Yeah, at Sportsboy Tony uh, is the place. Uh, it's mostly though. It's mostly uh, apparently I'm 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 not I'm not the biggest celebrity when it comes to uh, the Browns Reddit board. They don't love me there, but I do read uh, I do read your stuff. I read uh, Browns Reddit. I go to the water cooler. Uh, I am actually pretty digitally active. You just don't know it because I don't like to post. <laughs> um, why do you think you're not so popular on it then? Well, what happens is I don't say the most popular things when it comes to the Browns. Look, like coming into the season, uh, absolutely loved the defensive moves they made. And then I said, hey, look, Odell Beckham is, uh, is it's a move you've got to make if you're the Browns. I just didn't know how much better that would make them this year uh, because I, I wondered about some chemistry issues and things like that. And so obviously that, uh, that got a beating before the season when people were so, so celebrating everything the Browns were doing. And I said, look, this isn't going to be that easy in this league. Yeah. You got to have talent. And I think the Browns have one of the more talented rosters in the league, but I didn't know how long it would take, especially with that brutal schedule early. So two and six did surprise me, but overall I, uh, I, I, I kind of foreshadowed some of the issues that could come along with a rookie head coach. So uh, while everybody was on cloud nine about all the moves they made in the offseason, I said, look, nine and seven, nine and seven is what I think they're going to end up with. And that was on the lower side in most of the Cleveland media. But I think 9-7 and seven is actually probably where they're going to end up. 
Yeah, it'd be good uh, now to get nine and seven. I was ten and six, so. Uh, uh, yeah. But I, th- I think um, when the Beckham news first broke, I was a bit like, "Oh my god, we've given up a first round. We need defence. Uh, is this really the right move for us?" And obviously, about half an hour, I realised actually it wasn't a bad trade deal. And uh, yeah, now it's giving Landry a, a, a really good season because everyone's double team yeah. Beckham. Yeah, he's been the least. I think Antonio. Uh, excuse me, Antonio Brown. I think Odell Beckham's been the least of their worries. Uh, it's it's unfortunate and very surprising to me. He only has one touchdown. He should have a second. I don't know how he didn't get into the end zone on that beautiful throw from Baker uh, in that victory over Pittsburgh. But other than that, I think uh, I think he's been the least of their problems. It's just been maybe that that lack of chemistry and the fact they have not figured out a way uh, to be able to to make him a bigger part of their offense considering his talent. I think that's been one of the issues this year. Uh, overall, I'm not, I'm not the biggest. If I'm going to build a team from scratch and I have all the money in the world, I'm not the biggest on paying two wide receivers what they're paying them. But I don't think they've been an issue. I, I think there are other issues uh, on their team, and it hasn't really been the wide receivers, at least those two. We've had some issues with, obviously, Callaway, who's no longer with them, and Higgins. But uh, Jarvis Landry's been incredible this year. Uh, and I, I, I think they're going to get their passing game going down the stretch. They're, they're going to have some opportunities to really uh, let it air out, especially with as, as, as good as a running game is going to be. I think it's going to leave guys wide open. You saw that against Pittsburgh, by the way, in that first half. They had safeties and guys in the secondary really crashing in on some of the play action and on the, the, the fake screen. And that opened things up. And I think you're going to see a lot more of that. What do you think is going on with Higgins? Boy, I, I think it's interesting because both Higgins and Callaway were in the doghouse at different times this year. And, you know, it's been speculated and reported on now that, you know, Higgins, I think he was kind of embarrassed that he wasn't playing early in that one game and Freddie Kitchens went to him and it would appear, and I haven't heard him debunk it, that he didn't want to go in the game. And so I think part of it is you're on a team with Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. And Higgins is an unrestricted free agent. I mean, he is a free agent, and he's not exactly putting up big-time numbers to get him a big contract. And so we always, as fans, we just want all the talented guys to be on the team. We want as many talented guys as humanly possible. But the flip side of that is guys want touches. They want carries. Duke Johnson, like when everybody was thrilled about all the talent they had assembled, they had assembled a ton of talent. John Dorsey did a great job doing that. We forget that – immediately guys like Duke Johnson realize, oh, they're not going to be a factor in the offense. And there are a bunch of guys who still care about their contract, their money, and their, their situation. And so Duke immediately was unhappy when they had the offseason they had while all the Browns fans were jumping for joy. Well, that could be the deal with Higgins. Higgins is probably thinking, wait a second, how can I earn a contract on this team if I'm not going to be a part of the offense? Do you think they're just going to pay Shobert? And uh, try and make some cuts, uh, try and save some money with Higgins? Boy, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do with Schobert. Look, the, the Miles Garrett thing's interesting because I had forecasted, and I'm pretty good about these things. Uh, I'm bad at a lot of things, Paul, but I'm good at this. I'm good at forecasting when guys are going to start barking about contracts. And I thought they had a chance to extend Miles Garrett this offseason and make him a happy camper and make him one of the highest paid pass rushers in the game. Now with this suspension, he doesn't really have any leverage to be upset or hold out or any of that stuff. Can't really do that after uh, after a season. And he switched his agencies, uh, his representation earlier in the year. It wasn't a huge story. 
But now that he's done that, the question was whether he was going to ask the Browns, hey, look, let's extend me. Let's go. Let's get my guaranteed money. And now I don't know that the Browns are going to do that. I still think the Browns are going to pay him, you know, top five money because he's been worth it. He's been that good. But I wonder if they don't do it now in the offseason for optics or for whatever. Look, he's going to be one more incident away from, like, losing an entire year in the NFL. Not that I think that will happen with him. Uh, I, I, know, I know Miles. We've interviewed him. He is one of the better guys that I've ever come across in the NFL. That's what's so shocking about this. But he did have that incident where he was baited into a little bit of a fight in Tennessee. Uh, and now, now this happens again. I'm, I, I know the Browns are just going to be a little more hesitant maybe, but I know eventually he'll get that money. And what's your view on uh, last Thursday? Yeah, I thought first half was the offense you want to see. That's a really good defense, and they were confused. I mean, look at that touchdown pass, by the way. Uh, the Baker three had two guys wide open in the red zone, and their red zone offense has been so bad all year. So they're making strides. They've played better defenses lately, and Baker's starting to move the ball. I still think the second half was back to the same old Browns uh, that we saw earlier in the season. They could not move the football. They could not pass. Baker – was very inaccurate. And it looked like him and Odell were not on the same page uh, on some throws. So uh, still stuff they've got to get fixed. But look, if you can, if you can look that way in a, in a lopsided win and, and still have some things you can correct, uh, I think that's a good sign, especially considering some of the opponents uh, that you're going to be playing. Uh, look, this whole season to me is going to uh, come down to two games. It's going to be the Baltimore game at home, and it's going to be that game in Arizona. Arizona's a tough out. Tyler Murray, especially without Miles Garrett, it's going to be really tough uh, to box in. And it's going to be a good grudge match. Cliff Kingsbury versus uh, the guy that doesn't like him, doesn't care for him that much, Baker Mayfield. Now, we saw last time Baker went up against a coach he didn't care much about. That was uh, obviously Hugh Jackson when he was with Cincinnati. Uh, we saw what Baker did to him. We'll see what he can do to Kingsbury. And then Baltimore, look, I, I'm sorry. I hate to say it. I think they're the best team in the NFL, and I, I know that's not going to be good for Browns fans who are trash-talking Baltimore like crazy in the offseason and talking about how much better Baker is than Lamar. Lamar has taken the leap this season, and obviously the question is going to be if he can avoid the big hits because it just takes one ankle roll, uh, takes one foot injury to change the entire uh, season for that Baltimore Ravens team. But from what I've seen, their defense has gotten better every week since they've gotten Marcus Peters. They've just gone through Russell Wilson, uh, Deshaun Watson, Tom Brady. They've, they've made every single one of those guys look average to below average. Uh, now they, they, they have two big games. They still have the San Francisco 49ers. They still have the Rams. But who are you more confident in in the NFL at quarterback than Lamar Jackson right now? A guy gets a first down whenever he wants. He's got seven straight games of 60 or more yards. He just had over 80 uh, against a pretty good Texans team. Yeah, I watched a game uh, yesterday. They they look good and uh, they look definitely Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, yeah, and that's the hard thing. That's a hard pill to swallow is that we were the team we thought would ride momentum into the season and they were the team we thought uh, their gimmicky offense uh, would come to a standstill. But they've been great. They've, they've such a well-coached team. They hired Greg Roman. Uh, and it's, it's not all about just talent with that Ravens team. They're so well-coached and they've got a great culture and those guys have all bought into that. So... I think they'll have some slip-ups. I, I still think they're going to have to go on the road. I don't think they're going to be able to, uh, if, if everything uh, goes the way I think it's going to go in the playoffs, I think they'll be on the road at Foxborough uh, for a game in January. And that's, that's going to be, to me, the, the AFC is going to be boiled down to that. And Juku, he's going to be back this week. Do you reckon he'll play on Sunday? 
Wow, it's tough. Um, he obviously had a big setback that they didn't want to talk about with that hand because he was supposed to be back four weeks ago. Uh, so something destroyed that timetable. Uh, it, was, it was a story that I originally reported on. Uh, and got no love from Adam Schefter, by the way. Still, still bummed about it, Paul. <laughs> Come on, can a Browns fan, you know, like me, can a Browns local reporter get some love? But uh, in the end, Najoku, look, here's, here's a big story that I think is going unpublicized. Like, we know how good Jarvis Landry is. We know how good Odell Beckham is. We know Higgins and the chemistry he has with Baker. But what do those guys have in common? None of them are big targets. And Baker needs big targets. Uh, I don't think it's crazy that a, a guy the size of Baker could use somebody, especially down by the red zone. So the question is, can Najoku come back out with, with that injury and be able to play and be that target, uh, make those big catches? Uh, that, that could be huge. That could be huge going forward. And I would say, by the way, that's something I think the Browns are going to have to work on this offseason. I think they're going to need some bigger targets for Baker. Yeah, Hodge is quite a big guy. And he's uh, – yep. that big catch last game, that was quite good. How about Carlson? I didn't even know who that was. And he made that touchdown in the end zone. I think everybody in the stadium was like, who's that dude? And Baker, instead of, you know, taking the easy points, of course, nothing was easy the way the kicking was and the way the wind was uh, down at that side of the field. But they end up, instead of kicking the field goal, he kind of throws a jump ball in the back of the end zone. That's the beauty of Baker. That's the good and bad all rolled up into one, that he's going to be that gunslinger, take that chance, and give his, his receiver, his pass catcher, a chance at the ball. It was an amazing catch. Defender never even saw the ball. Had he been able to turn around, who knows the type of play he might be able to make of it. But that's, that, that's the type of play that makes Baker Baker. Uh, he'll take those chances. And it was an incredible play, and it sealed the deal for them. Well, Carson's a carbon copy of Seth DeValve, Princeton tight end. So, uh... That's right. That's right. Sashi Brown should be so proud that, uh, that uh, it's a factory, an Ivy League factory for the Browns, even if it didn't really work for Seth DeValve. Last thing is, Vernon, do you think he's going to be back in time? Yeah, Vernon, I, I really wonder if he's going to be able to play this week. Uh, that looked like a more serious injury than they were uh, letting out when he, when he uh, walked off the field, limped off the field. And Vernon's had an injury history. Uh, he basically has missed, I think, four more games uh, in the last three seasons. And, and now this is the third game that he would potentially miss. But they need him back. Look, uh, Miami, everybody, every Browns fan is just going to chalk it up to a victory. Uh, but you never know in this league. I think they're, they're giving nine and a half points and, or, or is it ten and a half now? I, I think the Browns are going to win this game, obviously. But you never know in this league. Teams can uh, come out of nowhere. And if they don't have Vernon, if they don't have Miles Garrett, if, uh, if they, they have these injuries up front, that, that could be a danger without Joby as well. That, that could be a situation where you're, you're a shell of what you thought you would be defensive line-wise. Thank God they're playing Miami. That's all I got to say. But – I'll tell you, we, we've, seen, we've seen Miami in some games fight. They put up some points, and they've been a mess at quarterback all year, but you never know with Fitzmagic, right? You just never know. He's got he can throw five interceptions. He can throw five touchdowns. He's got a record five, five and one against the Browns. So uh, I'm not, I'm, I don't predict it's going to be easy as ever all the Browns fans think it's going to be. Uh, all I know is this. I think every Browns fan wishes they had your, your points program and your miles because uh, – you're doing some traveling, man. It was good to see you. It was good to see you this week. You were a celebrity over there in the Muni lot. I won't go celebrity, but uh, yeah, it was good. To, uh, you killed it. By the way, you, ki- you killed it on TV. I got to give you some props. You showed up. You, uh, you, 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 you speak so well about the Browns. You know the team inside and out. You have uh, international fans loving every minute of it. And uh, a bunch of people were telling me you did a great job on TV when we interviewed you. 
You must have shown me the link. I haven't seen it yet. Okay, yeah, I gotta find it. I gotta get that for you. I was half cut to be honest, but anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> you would never know. And you, I, I gotta tell you, you hold your liquor well, apparently, or what else you might have been doing. <laughs> but um, last question: Where am I? Where am I going to see you next in in the world? Are you going to go Steelers away? Dude, I I can't go. The one bad thing about my situation is I can't travel uh, during the week or or on the weekends. So I might my travel days are over until maybe I want to get out of Miami for the Super Bowl. So maybe if the Browns can get to the Super Bowl, uh, we'll see you there. But other than that, I, I don't know. I, I unfortunately don't get to go to the road games. Uh, when I was younger, I used to. I used to travel a lot for Ohio State, too, and I, I just don't get those opportunities anymore during football season. Mm. All right. Well, sports boy Tony, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. And uh, thank you very much. And I look forward to seeing you back in the mean lot very soon. All right, man. Let's do it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. No, mate, thank you very much, and uh, I'll speak to you soon. Go Browns. All right, go Browns.